Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to uh, Matthew uh, chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to pick up in verse 15. Matthew chapter 14. Uh, verse 15. Hallelujah. Anybody love the word? Amen. We love the word at kingdom. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 14. Verse 15. It says, when it was evening, his disciples came to him and said, saying, this is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the village and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. And then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and he broke and he gave the loaves of the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all, somebody say all, ate and were filled. And they took 12 baskets of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. I'm going to continue and conclude the series that we've been looking at called Won't He Do It? Let's pray. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you how you've already moved during the time of worship. Now, God, for these next 30 minutes or so, we ask that you just speak through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Glory to God. I believe like the word of God declares in Hebrews 13 and 8, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What God was doing then, he is doing today. Amen. How many of you have seen a miracle take place in your life? Matter of fact, you don't even have to look far. All you got to do is look at yourself. Come on, somebody. Anybody in this building used to be stuck on stupid. Come on, somebody. And parked on dumb, a hot mess. Can I get a witness up in here? But I'm so grateful that God specializes in using messy people. Can I get a witness up in here? Uh, God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people that will at least give a perfect effort. Come on, somebody. Amen. But let's, let's, let's look at this real quick. Uh, Let's pick up in verse 17. It says, and, and he said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them to me. And then he commanded, he commanded, which means he instructed the multitudes to sit down on the grass. Sit down on the grass. My first point today, there's a there, there is blessing and favor when you learn how to sit down. I think that's the problem with some people. They want to be propelled without going through what I call a process. How many know you got to respect the process? And I love that, you know, to me, when he, when, before he began to look to heaven, and we'll get into all of that, before he even went into all that, he had he to take a seat. Look at your neighbor and say, take a seat. Sometimes you got to learn how to just take a seat and chill. It ain't your turn yet. So he, he, he says, sit down in the grass. So, so we, we've all come to the conclusion that at, at least these individuals knew how to follow instructions, which, which to me uh, 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 speaks that they had a teachable spirit, which speaks to me that they, they were men and women of order. They, they, they respected order. Not only that, they, 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 they were obedient people. And Isaiah 1.19 says, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. 
And we see when it's all said and done, they began to eat the good of the land. Why? Because they were teachable. They, they knew, they understood order. They, they, they understood obedience. They, they, they understood uh, authority, if you will. Uh -huh. And so he, he said, sit down. Y'all probably was wondering why this chair here. Sometime in order for you to be blessed, you got to learn how to sit down. Psalm 92 and 13 says, those that are planted, those that know how to sit and be still, come on somebody, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the what? Courts of our Lord. What are you doing right now? You're sitting. Because you know a lot of times your favor and your blessing is connected to you sitting. Because favor will come find you. You don't have to go look for it. Uh-huh. Favor ultimately came and found them because sometimes favor is looking for a place to land. But sometimes in order for it to land on you, you got to be at the right place at the right time with a teachable spirit. Amen. You got to understand order. You got to understand authority. Amen. And you got to learn how to be obedient. I believe those that are obedient are the people that see the goodness of God. Then your cup begins to run over. Why? Because you're teachable. I remember... Uh, 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 I was a part of my dad's church, most of you know I'm a PK, and I'll never forget, I got my life together in 1996, and my dad said, just clean the church for a year. In 1997, we're going to cut you loose on a Sunday night. Remember, they used to have Sunday night service. How I many you know that's not of God? <laughs> we don't do Sunday nights. You got to have some balance. Come on, somebody say balance. Proverbs 11, 1 says, well, false balance is an abomination to God. But, but praise God for Sunday night back, back then. Amen. And that's a different dispensation. Come on, somebody. So I get my life together in 96, and I became an usher at the church. And, um, so it was already on the books. 97, January, on a Sunday night, I would do my trial sermon. You know, they did Sunday night in case you blew it. Come on, somebody. They, they didn't want you to blow it on Sunday morning. <laughs> so they had me on the books for uh, late January of 97. So 96, I'm an usher. And my wife kept telling me, we were living in this apartment at the time, we had three kids, and she said, honey, in my spirit, I just feel like you're going to preach this year. I said, well, honey, it's 96, I'm not preaching this year, 97. My dad said, she said, I know what he said, but in my spirit, I see you preaching your first sermon this year. And so I used to go to this little men's meeting, believe it or not, we're on 19th and Cactus, 19th and Bell was a place called Big Apple where they serve food. It's a, a, a pawn shop now. And so I would go there every other month at this men's meeting, and it would be different uh, 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 people there from different backgrounds, and it was really awesome. And so I would just go just on Saturday morning to get the word, and, and again, it was every other month. So I'm there, October of 96, 100-something men there, and, you know, two gentlemen ministered the word, and it was great. And so they, the gentleman who ran the thing, he said, you know what, I'm going to go out in the audience, I'm going to pick two people to bring the word when we meet for our last meeting in December of this year, which was 96. So they went around the room and they looked at a the gentleman, they said, we want you to preach on this. And then they came over to me, and I was just sitting down. I'm sitting down, eat, come on somebody. Minding my own business. But favor found me. My gift, Proverbs 18, 16 says, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. And so my first sermon was not at a traditional church. It was at an eating place called Big Apple. So my point is this. I was sitting. I was teachable. I understood order. 
And so as I'm sitting there, favor found me. And when the gentleman came to me and he says, we're going to have you when we meet in December, we want you to preach on how to be a witness for Jesus. And I said, well, sir, I'm not a preacher. I'm an usher at my local church. And he says, oh, we don't care. We, I, I know what God just showed me. So I'm here to tell you, amen, I was 24 and now I'm 44. So that was 20 years ago. But my point is that I was sitting. I believe a lot of times your blessing is connected to you sitting. A lot of times your favor is connected to you sitting. A lot of times your breakthrough is connected to you sitting. So I got a word for you this morning. Sometime in order for God to move in your life, you need to take a seat. Amen. And the Bible says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But if you learn how to sit down, I believe things will begin to shift in your life. Don't get ahead of God. So we see here in the text, they were teachable. They sat down in the grass. And I believe some of them were kind of with their arms crossed. I got to see this. It's about 18 to 23,000 of us. And this man then told us to sit down in the grass. Where in the world is he going to pull out of his bag today? Come on, because this does not make any logical sense. Because remember, it was 5,000 men, not including women and children. When you throw that count in there, most theologians believe anywhere from 18 to 23,000 people were sitting there staring at a man named Jesus. Staring. And then you got Jesus. Look what he does. He says in verse uh, uh, 19. It says, and he commanded the most to sit down on the grass, and, and, and he took the, the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up. He looked up to heaven. First point, there's a blessing. There's, there's blessing and favor when you learn how to sit down. Number two is that if you want to experience a won't he do it moment, you got to learn how to look to heaven. He began to look to heaven. In other words, he began to look to his source. Do I have anybody at the 930 service? You've been between a rock and a hard place, and you had to look to heaven. I'm sure there are some people in here, you have more bills than money, and then you begin to... Come on, the doctor told you uh, you had a, a bad health and, and you begin to realize, you know what, if I look to heaven, I believe that God could be Jehovah Rapha in my situation, that he can heal my body. Amen. When you find yourself between a rock and a hard place and you don't have peace, you can look to heaven and know that he will be Jehovah Shalom in your situation. Do I have anybody in the building today that you've been in some situations and you begin to look up? Do I have anybody that's had to look up? Because I'm here to tell you that if you look up, he will hook you up. How many of you receive? Somebody need to give God a praise. I believe God is about to hook somebody up in 2016. I believe that this is the year that God is getting ready to expand you from the left and to the right. If you receive that, somebody need to give God a praise in this place. High five your neighbor and tell him, look up. Look up. I, look, I know you've been through some disappointment, oh, but I got a word for you today. Look up. I know some of you have been through some heartache, but I got a word for you today. Look up. I know some of you in this place have lost jobs, but I got a word for you today. Look up. I believe some of you have had marriages that have been tore up from the flow up, but I got a word for you today. Look up. Look up. Somebody. Look up. I know your money ain't touching and agreeing, but I dare you. Look up. 
So I got to look up people in the house today. Come on and give God a prayer. Somebody scream, look up. Look up. Look up. I know what the doctor said. Look up. I know what your money looks like. Look up. Look up. And he will hook you up. Somebody need to give God a praise. One more time. Look up. Look up. 11 years and two months ago, I was having church at a swap meet. Oh, but I kept looking up. And then we moved to the cafeteria. I kept looking up. Because I knew my breakthrough was connected to me. When the money got tight. Come on. When people left the church. When they said, you ain't got a building yet. We've been with you for three years. And they left and walked out on me. And then when we got the building and they came back, I... Because I wanted to cuss them out and be like, Negro, where you been? Now that we gotten bigger and better, now here you come. I always do. That's a Negro for you. Can I get a witness up there? Where was you in transition? When I was preaching to the bitches in the cafeteria. <laughs> but my point is this. See, that's why we got to get delivered from people. You got to keep looking up. I don't care what season you're in. Galatians 6 and 9 says to not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, somebody say due season. See, you will see a due season if you're doing something. You need to sit down. Mm-hmm. Be teachable, be coachable, be a person of order. The Bible says do all things what decently and in order. Where is Jesus at now? He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Oh, he blessed. Come on. He interceding for our behinds. Can I get a witness up in here? Was an advocate for us and still is. But he's sitting. There, there's a blessing in, in, in sitting. Put up Luke 16, 12. Luke uh, chapter 16, uh, uh, verse 12. Look at this real quick. Luke 16 and, and 12. Mm -hmm. Luke 16. And if you've not been faithful in, in what's another man's, who will give you what is your own? If you don't take ownership in what somebody else's, how God going to blow on your stuff? Sometimes we got to go sit. I'll never forget when I left my dad's church in 2000. You know, we was bumping heads, and I'm, I love my dad, but Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together unless they agree? I left, went to an all-white church, and I remember they told me to come up and have a testimony service and, you know, you know have a testimony. You know, you know, they said two minutes. And so, you know, you're coming from a black church. We ain't got no etiquette. Two minutes mean 18 minutes. I'm about to preach. This is my time now. <laughs> what a teachable spirit your pastor had so <laughs> I preached and jumped on the pew threw my head back and after church the pastor he took me in all he said that was such a great testimony he says but young man 
the way we do things here, two minutes means two minutes. We have structure and order. And, you know, I'm looking at this brother like, did you see what I just did though? Did you see those people stand up when I, see, I? See, ego means edging God out. So, I'm 28 years old at the time and I'm, I'm at home washing dishes and telling my wife, he just jealous because I got a word too. Just stupid. Thank God for Isaiah 40, 30. It says young men will utterly fall. So somewhere down the line, you got to grow the heck up. So, and my wife looked at me and she said, honey, she said, I'm going to be honest with you. I love Galatians 4, 16. Have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. She said, honey, she said, this ain't your dad church. She said, we in different territory. They have different rules and regulations. She says, and you didn't have nothing to do with birthing his church. So she says, we're in a new territory, so we need to know our place and act accordingly. Well, you're just mad too. You see what I did? Look at your name and say, this man was crazy. So I'll never forget. I, uh, I uh, called the pastor the next morning because God convicted me. And I said, I want to meet with you. And um, he said, today? I said, yeah, I'm going to call my job and tell him I'm going to be late. I really need to meet with you. So I went and apologized to that man for disrespecting his pulpit. And he looked at me so dumbfounded. And he said, you came here to tell me you're sorry? I said, yeah. He said, well, how much money you make at that job you're going to today? And I told him how much I made. He says, well, I'm going to match. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a couple more hundred dollars more every two weeks. Go put your two weeks in today. Because I... James 4.10 says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And God will exalt you and do time. I believe that God has a time for everybody, but you got to go sit yourself down. You better learn how to do Psalm 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. That word be still means to be undisturbed. Sometimes you know you got something on the inside of you that's better than some of your co-workers and they got a greater salary, a greater position. But if you learn how to just, I'm just going to sit. I'm going to wait my turn because I know that if I learn how to sit down, uh-huh, I know my blessing is in the vicinity. And if God has blessed my neighbor, I, I know that he's in the neighborhood. So I, I'm just going to be still and know that he's God. I'm just going to look up when I'm going through time of tribulation. For the Bible says in Romans 5, 3, to glory in tribulation. For tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. Do I have anybody in the house? That you made up in your mind, I'm going to look up. Because I know he about to hook me up. I tell you what, sitting down will cause you to see the favor of God. Mm-hmm. Got too many people want to stand up premature. Paul said, who begot you in the gospel? Where you get your training from? Who put their stamp of approval on you? Where you been, who feet you been sitting at? 
That's what I ask people. I want to be a preacher. Where you been sitting at? What groceries you been eating? Mm-hmm. I got my ordination. That don't mean a bowl of beans to me. Me and Bishop Agravan, we go to Bishop's College. I'll be there with him next week. And <laughs> the guy who runs it, Bishop Delano Ellis, said one time, if ain't nobody following you, you just a Negro taking a walk. That was my introduction to Bishop's College. And then while he looked around and he looked at this gentleman, he said, why are you here? He said, I heard you only got like 10 members. He said, we want you to leave. I said, oh, Jesus. I started looking around. I'm like, like my God, is he going to look at me next? <laughs> I'm thinking I got a little bit of a fall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been sitting down. You know what I'm saying? I've been looking up. <laughs> Lord, Jesus, don't let them get me the left foot of fellowship. Come on, somebody. Put me on blast. Come on. <laughs> but I love that. Because you got folks that's supposed to be in the back of the line that want to be in the front. And God, like, you ain't ready. I want a big church. Are you ready for the satanic attacks? The demonic attacks that come. Come on, my, my, my friends, Bishop Egger and, and his wife, uh, First Lady Sheila, built a $25 million, in the, $25 million facility in the middle of a recession. And people, I wish that was me. No, I would have probably killed you. Because maybe God didn't wire you for that. Maybe you ain't been through enough seasons. Oh, my God, that'll preach all by itself. See, that's why Matthew 25 and 23 says, if you be faithful over a few, then I'll make you ruler over many things because you haven't been faithful over a few and you won't big and you can't even breathe at that level. That level is killing you, suffocating you, causing you to literally flatline. And we all see it. That's why we got to keep looking up and sitting down. I'm going to sit down and wait my turn. I'm going to be still and know that you are God. Lord, build my character. Lord, strengthen my anointing. Strengthen my health. Let's talk physical first. Because if your body ain't right, the anointing will kill you. You better hear what I'm saying on today. Mess around here and check out of here premature. Because you ain't got the stamina to endure. That's why we got to keep just sit down. Your blessing coming, sit down. Favor coming, sit down. And it's going to come when you least expect it. It'll hit you while you have Big Apple eating ribs. Come on, minding your own business. I was at home sitting down, minding my own business. And, and Greg, my assistant, he calls me. He said, I got an email for you that they want to give you this church. And he says, the first email eight months ago when we looked at it, it was $5 million. And we came and said, nope. He says, but pastor, they sent another email. Remember, I'm sitting down. They want to sell it to us for $3 million. I got up and started looking up. Said, Lord, I thank you about to hook me up. Because I'm not just a pastor, but I'm a businessman. So I know by the time we come up in here, we're going to have some equity. Now we got a $3 million building with almost $6 million. That's worth almost $6 million. See, God will give you double for your trouble. That's why you better keep looking up. If you're leasing, God's getting ready to take you to own it. Because he says above only and not beneath the head and not the tail. You better hear me on today. 
but it's all predicated upon you. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Favor coming, sit down. Your miracles coming, sit down. Psalm 37 and 4, you delight yourself in the Lord. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5, commit your ways to the Lord and trust him. I'm going to bring it to pass. He's going to bring it to pass as long as you. When I was at that predominantly Caucasian church and that pastor asked me for one year and three days to not start a church because I signed a non-compete clause and my lawyers told me I didn't have to abide by it and me and him kind of got in an argument and I said I'll wait a year and three days if you bless me took me and my wife in the copy room he said I'm not taking you in front of the church because you had too much influence here I said that's fine bathroom hallway I understand the importance of a blessing because you can't be a good leader until you become a good follower. So he took us in that copy room and sat us down and laid hands. And he said, if you wait your year and three days, God will bless you. I haven't seen him since, but I got that blessing. Uh-huh. And I, for a year and three days, I cried myself to sleep, but I kept looking up. I was discouraged, but I kept looking up. I was disappointed, but I my heart was bleeding because I knew I was pregnant with a thing in me called kingdom in the valley. But January 2nd, 2005, I looked up and I got up and I've watched God do exceedingly, abundantly, above more than I can even imagine or even think. And I'm here to tell you, God is no respecter of person. Somebody needs to give God a praise. Slap three people to tell them, won't he do it? I don't care how it looks. God will do it. Nothing can stop him. Because he's king of kings. And Lord of Lords. Somebody scream, look up. Look up. Look up. 2004 was the hardest year of me and my wife's life to know you're pregnant with something. And you got to tell that baby you can't come yet. Be still. I got any women? You. Some of y'all be like, come, come, come. Come out of thy. <laughs> but I had to be like, oh, you can't come yet. I'm feeling all these labor pains. Said, you can't come yet. Mm -hmm. So we hopped ourselves to an all Hispanic church. And I said, Lord, I looked up. I said, what mean is this? You took me from a black church to a white church to a Hispanic church. What seemed like a setback was a setup for y'all come up. A church that you can come to and not feel looked down upon regardless of what race you are, regardless of what age you are, regardless of what your pocketbook look like. We can care less about all that. Paul said, be all things to all people that I may save some.
I look back over the course of my journey, sitting down has got me to where I am. Pastor calling me. You ain't got to sit down. Bump him. Telling you, he ain't God. I said, but he is the man of God. David said, I ain't touching God's anointing. He knew I'm God's man, but call that dude right now. I'm going to let this thing work its course. He took a piece of his clothes and said, I could have cut you. Could have, you know what I'm saying? Like mafia. <laughs> David said, no, I'm, I'm going to let God have you. That's why the Bible says vengeance is the Lord's. Come on, Paul even said, he said, God, he looked up, he said, Alexander the coppersmith mm, has caused me great harm. Reward him according to his works. Boy, people that have slighted you, get on your knees. Go sit down somewhere and say, Lord, <laughs> reward them. They've caused me great harm. Reward them. See, Psalm 105, verse 15 says, touch not my anointing. Do my prophets no harm. You better know you have been anointed, appointed, and approved by God. Amen. You are God's man. You are God's woman. Boy, listen, at the end of the day, they better keep their mouth off you. <laughs> Let me get to my last point because of time. So, number one, blessing and favor is in your sitting down. Number two, you got to keep looking up. If you look up, he'll hook you up. But look at this. Verse um, 18, 19. Then he commanded the, the multitude to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, and he blessed, and he broke it, and he gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the multitudes, and so they ate, and they were all filled, which means they were all satisfied. Then it says, now those uh, uh, that were eaten, or uh, 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 verse 12, it says, but 12, they had 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. And I'm going to stop right there. Number three, you got to learn how to bless what you have. He had two fish, five loaves of bread. He looks up to heaven and he blessed it. I don't care where you're working, bless it. I worked at this Burger King about three miles that way, on I-17 in Peoria. My wife would help me get my little Burger King shirt together. We was just so proud. I was making $4.25. Making $119 a week after taxes. And she was getting food stamps. But we blessed it. Oh, I forgot. And we tied off of it too. We gave food stamps to the church. Can I get a witness? Mm-hmm. So did. She got two seventy-five dollars of the check and two seventy-five dollars in food stamps for two years. And we made a decision. We're going to do this for two years. Because at the end of the day, we're not going to milk the system and keep having kids and keep depending on somebody to take care of us. The devil is a lie. First Timothy 5 and 8 says a man that don't take care of his family is worse than an unbeliever. And 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says if you don't work, you don't eat. So my point is this, that I blessed where I was at. Then I started working at the grocery store pushing carts. I blessed where I was at. I, Lord, thank you that I can provide for my family. I got a child on the way. Lord, thank you that you've, you've provided a way. Amen. But I knew 
that, that's where I was going to start. But I knew I wasn't going to finish there. But my point is this, wherever you are, I don't care if it's a dead-end job, I dare you to bless it. You might not be driving what you like, but I dare you to bless what you like. Or bless what you have. When I started this church 11 years ago in two months, I had this little red bitty van that me and my family said would barely can get in there. Can I get a witness, Mariah? Folks was like, we got to get you a car. I'm like, no, I'm good. I ain't driving that red van no more. I didn't got promoted, then graduated from something, then passed some tests because I blessed what I had. Jesus blessed what he had, and then God multiplied it. If you bless what you have, I'm here to tell you that God will multiply. You might be making $8,000 a year now, but God will promote you to $80,000 a year if you just make up in your mind, I'm going to bless the $8,000. This church, first year we started, we did $136,000. I was like, Lord, thank you. Look at God, Kelly, $136,000. Oh, last year we did over $4 million. I'm like, Lord, thank you. Because I know that ain't even it. Because I know we're going to be a $10 million a church a year. Uh, $80 million, I'm calling it in. I got some more buildings to put on this property. I got a balcony to put up. But I'm going to bless what I have. Uh, we walked in that cafeteria. I said, Lord, thank you. When we got, then he moved us to the gym. I said, Lord, thank you. Even though we were putting out a tarp in it. We were putting out uh, benches in it. His, Greg's wife would have to cover up the basketball hoop so we can act like we were somewhat of a church. And I would walk up, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> basketball hoops covered up. People telling me a mobile church won't grow because you don't have a place to call home. God was filling that gym up three times. Don't you listen to your critics. Matter of fact, don't you even answer your critics. Just sit down and look up and bless what you already have. Zechariah 4.10 says to not despise the day of small beginning. Put up Psalm 115 verse 12. Look at this real quick, and I'm getting ready to close in just a minute. But look at this, Psalm 100. It says, the Lord has been mindful of us. And you know the Lord has been, he's mindful of you. He knows who you are. He knew you before you even entered your mother's womb because you was in him before you got here. The Lord has been mindful of He will bless us. Will he bless you, kingdom? He will bless the house of kingdom. Is that what it say? And the house of Reggie. Is that what it say? You better put your name right there. Next verse. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. When he bless you small, you bless. Lord, thank you. If you're making 425, Lord, thank you. <laughs> you feeling me? Remember I told you all the story. I was getting some Doritos one time, Bishop, and the, I put my little 75 cent and the Doritos was coming, and then another one was kind of, kind of behind it. And they both dropped. I said, hey, about how shit. Shaka Zulu, come on, somebody. I was hey. Anybody been through a season where things were just tight and a little extra? You just hey. Two Mountain Dews came out, and I paid for one. I got two for one. Come on, hey. 
Won't he do it? Thank you, first lady. Won't he do it? Somebody say, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> Thank you, woman of God. Very fitting. <laughs> See, when you learn how to, and then remember, it said he had two fish and five, only two fish. You better learn how to bless your only. The woman with the, with the two sons, when the creditors were coming, her husband died premature. So Elijah said, what do you got in the house? He says, I have nothing but a jar of oil. Of, of oil. That was, that was the only thing she had. God took what she had and multiplied it. But he took her only. Woman with the two mites, he took her only. I'm here to tell you, God will take your only. But when he takes your only, the way he takes your only, sit your behind down and look up and bless what you have. And then God will bless you to the point to where you'll be like, my cup is running over. I don't, he hasn't just met my need, but he's met my wants. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He causes my cup to run over. I'm here to tell you on today, somebody's getting ready to step into a season of surplus. Somebody's getting ready to step into a season of overflow. Because they walked out of there with some leftovers. In other words, God didn't just meet their need, but he met their want. I'm here to tell you that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Go tell five people, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? He will bless you in your drought. He will bless you in your recession. He will bless you even in your pit and take you from the pit to the palace. Let's learn how to sit down and look up. And I like that it says he blessed it and then they broke it. In other words, God said, I'm about to break you off. He will break you off. Look at what the Lord has done these 11 years with two college dropouts. That's why I'm so adamant about telling you this favor that's on her and I, this can get on you. God's love is unconditional. He loves us even when we're crazy. But the promises of God come with conditions. Psalm 84 and 11 says there's no good thing that he'll withhold from them that walk uprightly. And Matthew 7 and 11 says, if you being evil to know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father bless them? I'm here to tell you, man, God about to break you off. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. More than you can imagine or think. Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard. Nor has an answer to the heart of man. The things that he's prepared for them that love him. Prepared means that there's some things that he's arranged. Get ready for the favor that's coming. Get ready for the blessing that's coming. Get ready for the miracle. And it's going to come when you least 
expected. Come on, give God a hand praise one more time. Somebody say, won't he do it?